This week on Rotten Righteous, we ask the question. Why'd you send me a gif of a butt? <laughs> Just to give you something to remember me by. Welcome back to Rotten or Righteous, the podcast the Christian Chronicle didn't call the Birch Beans Beautiful Bean footage of podcasts. With me today, as always, next to me in the blackness lay my oiled blue steel beauty, the greatest Christmas gift I had ever received or would ever receive, Luke Taylor. You're welcome. Over the years, I got to be quite a connoisseur of soap. My personal preference was for Lux, but I found Palm Olive also had a nice piquant after dinner flavor. Heady, but with just a touch of mellow smoothness. Life buoy, on the other hand, is Scott Judge. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> I was me, more of a lava man myself. <clears throat> In me... Deep within the recesses of my brain, a tiny, red-hot little flame began to grow. Its name was Zach Geiler. Continuing with our theme that one of us, or, or continuing with our theme of holiday movies that one of us has uh, never seen before, this week we watched pretty much the most perfect Christmas movie ever made: 1983's A Christmas Story. But before we would be right before 1984, by the way, what came out in 1984? 1984, the book. Oh, wait, am okay. I, am I got yeah, the wrong year? Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> Orson Welles' 1984 is such a uplifting holiday classic. Well, you know, the world got better. You know, George is like, oh, my life has meaning. And then in 1984, it all went wrong again. Right. I don't think Luke watched A Christmas Story, Scott. <laughs> I don't think I, he Oh, did. no! <laughs> I don't think he did either. <laughs> Wouldn't crap! I watched a wonderful life. I thought that's what we were doing. Dang it! Uh. I was like, wait, which one of us hasn't seen this movie? Do we need to take an hour and a half break and come back? Uh, Life is hard. Oh, he's being serious right now, isn't he? No, I'm not even lying. I didn't. I watched It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. Go rent a Christmas story, and we'll come back here in an hour and a half, and we'll talk about it. Good night. Uh, hold on. I'll watch it on 1.5 speed. So 45 minutes? Uh, man. Luke needs 45 minutes. Good That's actually night. a great idea. We should start watching some of these movies on 1.5 speed. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> 1983. Why, you don't need the date. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's a Birth of Jesus Christmas Story movie, too. That's great. Why don't you watch that for next week when we talk about It's a Wonderful Life? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to go watch this movie. <laughs> All right, I'll see you guys in 45 minutes. Good night.
I'm sorry, Scott. I'll see you in 45 minutes. All right, man. Sorry. I blame right. Zach. Talk to you later. <laughs> Thousands of tears later. All right. Now I can finally go to my call of action or call to action. You can stay up to date with the latest R and R news by liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Rotten or Righteous. We're now on Instagram. If you want to follow us, search for Rotten or Righteous Media. Subscribe to our show and get the newest episodes as soon as they release on Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or SoundCloud. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe and give us a quick review and five stars. It really helps us reach a larger audience. If you like the show, go ahead and tell someone about it. If you have a suggestion for a movie or a television show you would like us to review, or if you have any questions, comments, concerns, snide remarks, whatever... Go ahead and just send that uh, email to the trash can because it'll be just as effective <laughs> as sending an email to rottenrighteous at gmail.com. Or you can message us on Facebook Messenger. Please visit our website, rottenrighteous.com, and see what's going on over there. Also, if you haven't noticed already, stay tuned a bit after the closing music plays for something uh, that was funny. That would be clipped from the name show. How we're going to top what literally happened at the beginning of the show, I do not know. But there will be something there, I am sure. That is the end of the show right there. The beginning of the show is the end of the show. I just don't understand how you can watch a trailer for a movie. <laughs> I thought about that. The week before. <laughs> <laughs> I try to block this show out of my mind after Friday and then go about the rest of my week. So that's what happened. <laughs> hey, before we begin, I learned something a little bit uh, about myself this week, or I learned something about nature, I should say. Uh, did you guys know two things? One, coyotes can sometimes sound remarkably similar to dogs, just like regular old house dogs. Okay. No. That's the first thing I learned. I woke up, uh, what was it, Tuesday morning at about 3 in the morning to a dog right outside my door just freaking out. Wow. And I thought it was one of our stupid dogs. So in my sleep, I'm like screaming at my dogs to shut up. I'm trying to sleep. And then Kelsey gets out of bed and goes, those aren't, the, those aren't our dogs. I said, well, what the crap is it? And I turn on the light to the front porch, and there's a coyote just freaking out because we have those laser Christmas lights projected onto our house. <laughs> was the coyote the on your porch? No, but he was like right in my front yard, just like barking at the laser lights. Wow. <laughs> you know, if you had, hey, a red, you know? if so, you had a Red Rider BB gun, you could have shot at it. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I didn't need a Red Rider BB gun. I, I got to get done with this recording quick. We're having coyote for dinner. Um, I have a fact. Something I learned this week. If you need a fact about an octopus, blah, 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 Luke Taylor. Do you know sometimes Is octopus it? ride on the backs of coyotes when they have to cross land to get to the other the other ocean? Well, see, I heard that too, but when, they, when the coyote gets to the other side of the land, then the octopus stings them and kills them. And then... Uh, Eats them. The moral of the story is... I don't know. I, I've never understood the moral of the scorpion and the frog story. Don't let things with eight arms ride on your back. That's the moral. That was a fact about an octopus. Blah, 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 blah. Luke Taylor. Okay, let's start. A grown-up Ralphie narrates the weeks leading up to one Christmas, fondly looking back at the trials and struggles of a child in the ever-looming presence of Christmas Day. 
It's the 1940s in a small town of Homan, Indiana, and a nine-year-old Ralphie Parker and his brother Randy and the other local kids are gathered around a department store window. Among the animatronic Santas and toy train, Ralphie spies the Holy Grail of Christmas presents, an official Red Rider Carbon Action 200-shot range model air rifle with compass in the stock in this thing, which tells time. Woohoo! How can it be 200 Just shot if you load it from the barrel? Ah, it's a BB gun. You don't load it from the barrel. There's you... a little opening underneath the barrel that you pour the BBs into. That's not the way mine worked. Where'd you load yours from? Luke, you didn't have... From the, uh... You're... From, like, the stock. You're you're getting BB guns and Easy Bake Ovens confused. I know <laughs> that it's difficult for you, but... Hey, I made some good crap in an Easy Bake Oven. I never had one, but my little brother did. Ate some pancakes. I just want to talk for a second about how great it would be to be a kid back in post-World War II, where rationing and... Everything is over, era 1940s, early 1950s. The toys are all better, because they're dangerous. Everything would just be awesome back then. Like, like I, I didn't put this in the notes, but uh, the kids, when we first go to class, they all have those fake Billy Bob teeth yep. in, and the teacher makes them spit them out in her hand, and that was disgusting. But she opens her drawer, and some of the best toys in the world are in there. <laughs> I... I want to know how much money you would get if you had that drawer of toys and sold everything that was in there on eBay. Oh, a ton. I had flashbacks watching this movie because in 1983, I was 13 years old. Christmas of 83, I was 13 years old. The schools look like what I grew up in. The clothes that these kids are wearing, I'm like, yes, I remember those. You know, (laughs) putting on the whole... The whole outfit where you look like the Michelin man trying to walk through the snow and you fall over, you need help getting up. and Oh, it was it was realistic. But it's not just... I'm sure you did have flashbacks in different spots, but what I find fascinating is I was negative 14 years old when you were 13, Scott, because you're old as dirt. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but there are still parts of this story that relate to me and take me back to my childhood and... And it, oh, I just love watching this movie. See, I actually grew and, up with all of these toys, <clears throat> so I uh, I feel like I had a good childhood. My parents were not, were not restrictive. You also grew up like you grew up basically Amish. I grew up. I, I didn't. The, I didn't grow up. You were the like only you. Amish family that watched Caligula as a family before going to bed at night. <laughs> I did. <laughs> the reason I escaped growing up like you, Zach, is because I didn't watch this movie when I was younger. <laughs> That's great. You were influenced you by out. all these brat you, children, you, and you I grew up to be a, a, a nice person <laughs> because I was watching like Spartacus Dude, and whatever. the Ten Commandments. It, you instead. are you are the good looking version of the goggles kid <laughs> in line for Santa. I like Santa. <laughs> and that was my Thanks, favorite Luke, character. I was the only nice kid in this I, whole movie. I bet you related to him. I did. Okay. Uh, also, I really I noticed for the first time that the narrator mocks. <laughs> I mean, he's supposed to be old Ralphie telling the story of Ralphie's childhood, but he just straight up shames that little kid. He's like, look at that stupid round face he's got going on there, <laughs> moron. Look at that ugly face. He, he's got he some. He's got some issues. He's got some resentment going on uh, with these childhood <laughs> memories. It doesn't help that he has round and, uh, glasses that uh, just exacerbate the problem. Well, you know the kid that plays Ralphie. He's a director now, but he also had a cameo in Elf. He is the. Uh, he's like the 
the manager of the elf, the one that comes up to Buddy and asks him how many Etch-a-Sketches he made. Oh, yeah. What's it? That's, really? that's Peter Billingsley. Yeah. Peter. That's one of the reasons why he's in Elf is because Elf is a quintessential Christmas movie. And you don't get much more Christmassy than Peter Billingsley. But anyways, um, another thing that, that stuck out to me is how easy it would be to be entertained back then. My kid has like 5,000 different toys. Yeah. And he will jump from a trampoline to watching tots to playing with dinosaurs to getting on his tablet. to. But back then, you know, you just hand a kid a little piece of lead with some numbers <laughs> on it. Be like, play, play away. They play for hours. Here. Here, look. Daddy set up a box of asbestos out in the garage. You can pretend that it's snowing. Didn't you, um, I mean, we grew up basically before the time of, well, I mean, there was like Game Boy and N64 and stuff, but I mean, for the most part, the younger years of my childhood were all like pre-electronic, so we kind of grew up uh, without a lot of that stuff too. But I, I didn't though, because my dad was an early adopter of computers and he was an IT guy pretty much from the moment I was born. Like I, I was three when I played on my first laptop and that was like back in... 94 so oh, that explains wow. even more it was like 94 when i played on my first laptop as well and i would <laughs> no, and I, was, I was 24 we are introduced pretty much right away to the uh the macguffin of this movie what what we're working towards and that is the fact that ralphie desperately wants this bb gun and he knows full well that he just can't come out and ask for it right away because, again, this is through a kid's eyes. They're not thinking rationally. They think that if they just ask for it, boom, they get a no, it's over. So instead, Ralphie resorts to hiding ads in his mother's magazines and maybe giving a few subtle hints uh, when he's in the presence of his parents around the, the dinner table. Of course, as it happens all too often, the excitement of the present was too much. And one morning, he just blurted out how much he wanted this air-powered peacemaker. And subtlety went out the window. And the result? His mother immediately rejects the idea with the feared and heartbreaking phrase, You'll shoot your eye out. <laughs> now, I, uh... I'm gonna be honest... I thought, you know, I never heard of anybody actually shooting their eye out. And so I Googled it, and I came across a, a Newsweek article from um, uh, from January 8th, 2018, titled, American Children Are Injuring Their Eyes at Ridiculous Rates from BBs, Paintballs, and Other Air Guns. 2008? And it turns out... Or 2018. Oh. It turns out that uh, nearly six children per every 100,000 in the United States reported a non-powder gun-related injury. That seems like a lot. <laughs> hey, you gotta watch. You gotta watch what you're aiming at. I mean, you aim at tin or metal or a rock, or you get that ricochet. Bad things are going to happen. And I went to school with a guy who had a damaged eye because of a BB. I ha I've had uh, BBs ricochet off and how hit old me. Was, Not in the eye, but... How old uh, was the BB? How, was, how old was the BB that hurt him? Uh, it, was it just a newborn BB? Or was it a, like a toddler BB? Oh, it was old enough to know better. 
but young enough to not care. <laughs> while his father is, uh, while Ralphie's father is battling the ever temperamental furnace in the basement, <laughs> a disappointed Ralphie imagines all the good he could do if only he got his air rifle, and he imagines some stereotypical robbers. The the what was it? The ugly Bart gang, yeah. or the bad Bart, big gang Bart, bad Bart, Bart something. Just, just dude with raccoon masks and black and white striped t-shirts. <laughs> and, and Ralphie imagines himself as this little cowboy in just a rhinestone plastered shirt. Just <laughs> he, he was looking, he was looking like the the storefront of Tiffany's with when he a, walked into that that kitchen with a chaw in. And his dad, with, yeah, really, that's a huge chaw in his lip. But that's what I loved about this movie too. Is it was this teaching is like, kids bad things about what it means to be a hero. No, is that no, what you're no, going to no. say? It's not teaching. No, it's not teaching kids bad things. It's just that's how they used to play. Like even in the '90s, I remember playing with candy cigarettes, and we had Big League Chew, and and we had you could get Jack Link shredded beef jerky, and and oh yeah, the, in, in the can, can and yeah, like that. I forgot about that. Yeah. And I wasn't it, allowed it wasn't. to have that. You know why? Because I'd turn out to want the real stuff. Hey, back to the scene. How about the one guy that's upside down, crawling down the pole? Why didn't yeah, Why like, didn't he just drop? And then, <laughs> and then the other guy's climbing the tree. Like that's the way I'd escape. <laughs> and 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 this is what I mean by it comes. It's a kid's perspective. Because only a kid would imagine that you shoot robbers in the butt with your BB gun, and then they fall over dead with X's, literal X's, over their eyes. See, like, it's cartoonish. And that's what made the scene for me, and I've seen it, I don't know how many times I've seen it. I turn it on on Christmas Eve at 8 o'clock and it, on TBS, and it just runs the entire night. But, uh, you know, this scene is like, ah, oh, this is so stupid. And then the guys end up in a pile with these X's that you're talking about across their eyelids, and I'm thinking, this is awesome. This this is how it should happen. <laughs> it was it's this. a little kid imagining the the cowboy and robbers that he hears on his radio program. Yeah, he's a hero. And in his comic books, that's where he gets the dip from. Is because back then cowboys smoked. They dipped. They did what actual cowboys did. I just like some of those uh, fuzzy school. dairy cow chaps that he had. On. <laughs> I know. I've never this seen a fuzzy dairy cow. So Ralphie's walking to school next day with his two pals, Flick and Schwartz. <laughs> Randy, who is bundled up so tightly that he can't put his arms down, lags behind. And again, this is, yeah, we don't have, we had better snowsuits when I was a kid, but I still remember that trapped feeling. I mean, he starts crying when he gets all bundled up. I remember that feeling of a little kid when I couldn't move the way I wanted to move because I was so bundled before allowed to go outside and play in the snow. It, it's just, it's, it's, it just hit me right in the, right in the nostalgia. Yeah. It's a touch of reality. I mean, those are, those are very real, very appropriate. That's what you did. Your mama, your mama bundled you up and wrapped a scarf around your head. And you, you couldn't walk. You couldn't breathe. You couldn't move your arms. <laughs> And you, and you had to, and that's what I said. It is it is exaggerated reality because we're looking at this as an adult looking back to his childhood. So of course, yeah. he's going to see these exaggerations, but there's always an element of truth. 
Before class begins, Flick and Schwartz argue about what would happen if someone stuck their tongue to a frozen flagpole. <laughs> hey, before... Following a delicate... Before we go any farther, if either one of you ever stuck your tongue to a flagpole or a ladder or... Yes. Yes. That's a yes for I me. I too. <laughs> I didn't commit, I didn't commit to it like this, though. Like this kid's no, like full on tongue I'm, on the pole. I was like, it was like a quick thing when I'll I did it. I'll be honest with you. Because of this movie, I have licked <clears throat> so many cold metal things in the winter. It's not even funny. Just because I wanted to recreate this scene from <laughs> A Christmas Story. <laughs> what? <laughs> I did it once. And when like half my tongue went missing, that's all I needed to learn. My favorite was, as they were talking about this, before he sticks his tongue on a fire pole, he's like, uh-huh, my dad told me about a guy who stuck his tongue on the railroad tracks and the fire department had to come. <laughs> like, you think... <laughs> like, you think it's going to be this horrible story of a guy whose tongue stuck on the railroad tracks and a train coming? Nope. <laughs> Just the fire department had to come. Oh, you know, and as you hear this, you're visualizing this whole thing in your mind. Why railroad tracks? <laughs> I just like how it ends just pretty well for everyone. Yeah. Just the fire department Fire game. truck. Fire truck game. It's all good. How do you get your tongue off of a pole? Do you have to use like hot water? Warm water. I pulled mine. And Following. like I said, I, I was missing a couple layers of tongue skin. It hurt. Tasted nothing for the next... Three weeks. Did you put a Did you put a little band aid tied around? Your I don't remember what I did, but it was painful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, following a delicate and nuanced ritual that is children daring one another to do stupid things, Schwartz pulls out the big gun and triple dog dares Flick to lick the pole. <laughs> lick it. Hey, and this just isn't well, for little kids either. I mean, adult men will be like triple dog daring their buddies to do stuff. And it's the same principle. How do you think I got how do you think I get Luke to do this podcast? You triple dog dare him, and he's got no choice. Yeah, he keeps hoping every he keeps week hoping that I would forget. But every week, every every Wednesday evening, uh Kentucky time, I text him be like, I triple dog dare you to be on the podcast tomorrow. Dang it. Triple we go dog dare same process at the poll. Yeah. And yeah, because as we all know, when a triple dog dare is brought out, there is nothing else you can do but relent. And Flick touches his tongue to the flagpole, which is immediately stuck. And I paid careful attention to this. because I was like, this kid is a fantastic actor screaming because his tongue's stuck. No, it's literally stuck. <laughs> it I, must I, have stuck. Back it. in 1981, <laughs> you could do this. I mean, they just told this kid to lick a flagpole and his tongue yeah. got stuck on there. And you could tell, too, because the tongue's pulling as he moves back a little bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh, to be alive back then. It was great. <laughs> and then my favorite is the bell rings, and Flick can't move because his tongue's stuck, and all the kids just apologetically leave. And he's like, Wealthy! Wealthy! Ducko! Ducko! Wealthy! It's like the bell, <laughs> the bell rang. <laughs> <laughs> if you die, you die. I gotta get to class. <laughs> Uh, in the classroom, this little snitch, Esther Jane, tells the teacher where Flick is and why he's not there. 
And then the fire department and the cops show up to unstick Flick. These kids are all turds, though. I mean, can we just mention that? Like, not only do they abandon well, not- their friend, but then they don't even, like, go for help. Well, hold on a second. This is in the age, time, and day of corporal punishment. You you tell you, your, your your principal that you double, triple dog dared your friend to lick the telephone pole, and that's why the fire department and the cops have to show up. You're going to get paddling. Selfish. You're going to get one. So they leave their friend out in the cold stuck to a pole. Yeah, I'm not stuck to a pool and the bell just rang. I'm leaving. My parents hey, don't want me to grow up like this. So. Luke, it's his... And this what? is kid logic, Scott, isn't it's it? It's his own fault. I'm... I mean, he wouldn't believe the guy <laughs> in the first place. Are if he had only believed what I the would... guy's dad had to say, he wouldn't have been triple dog dared. <laughs> when I was nine years old, if I saw a way to get out of trouble with my parents, I'm taking it. I don't care who I'm throwing underneath the bus. And the thing is, our friends weren't mad at each other after we did that because they would have done the same exact thing. <laughs> really? Yes. My friends wouldn't have done that. Scott, you didn't. Ha- your friends were your brothers. Not when I was. You were nine. homeschooled. You you had you had you had uh, uh, you had Mark from Alkire Road. <laughs> And you had your three brothers. Those were your friends. <laughs> we had all kinds count. of friends at church. Actually, I guess you were my friend when I was nine at camp. And so I guess I could say that my friends were the scummy. <laughs> well, yeah, but it was summer. There was no frozen pools to be licking at camp. Everybody's watching these firemen and cops. And, uh, but the, the thing is about Flick, and yes, it's kid code, Luke. I, I know you didn't grow up like this, but it's kid code. You don't sell out your friends either. If you get caught, you get caught. You deal with it. And that's what Flick does. He's a true G. He refuses to rat out his friend. His snitches get and then snitches. The teachers, yeah, just to ask little Esther Jane. She got stitches right after she snitches. So the teacher is not able to punish those involved with the frozen Flick flagpole stick. But she does tell the unnamed culprits that their guilty conscience will be punishment enough. <laughs> and again, one of my favorite parts of the movie is Ralphie speaks up. He goes, All, adults are always saying stuff like that. We know darn well it was better not to get caught. Amen, Ralphie. Amen. Hey, you should feel really bad. Oh, I don't. Thanks for not hitting me this time. Talk to you later. <laughs> All right, so later on in school that day, the teachers give the children a write-in assignment. What I want for Christmas. Now, this is Ralphie's chance. If he can blow his teacher's mind with an eloquent and moving essay on why he wants an official Red Rider Carbon Action 200-shot range model air rifle with compass in the stock and the thing that tells time, his parents would be convinced. He just has to convince the teacher. On the way home, though, Ralphie, Flick, Schwartz, and Randy are confronted by the yellowed-eyed local bully, oh. Scut Farkas, <laughs> and his toady, Grover Dill. Like, is it Scut or is it Scott? Yes, it's it is Scut. Scut. S-C-U-T. Scut Farkas. Scut Farkas. Farkas. That blows my mind about this movie is... I don't know if it's universal, but I had a red-headed jerk boy. Yeah! It's reality, because it was like, holy cow, I know that guy. Not that guy, <laughs> but I know his type. Like, everyone everyone that I have talked to, besides Luke and his homeschool, knows just one terrible red-headed person that was just awful to them when they were kids. Yeah. And then, and well, then they mean, have we the... We all know why that is. Then they have the minions that follow them around. 
Yeah. <laughs> little little Grover Dill, the toady. Because <laughs> in those days, you were either a bully, a toady, or one of the nameless dregs. <laughs> so uh, Schwartz is forced to say uncle to get out of a painful hammerlock that Scut inflicts. Oh, and I, my shoulder just hurt watching that too. And uh, thankfully, Scud is distracted with Schwartz, and he doesn't know how slow-moving, heavily insulated Randy is, waddling away as fast as he can. Then at home, Ralphie's finishing his paper on what he wants for Christmas. And I laughed for a long time because Ralphie uh, was writing his paper the way that I write sermons. Because he's, like, talking in his head, and that's why I want a BB gun, or I think the BB gun's a great Christmas present. Then he looks at it and he just goes, wow, that's great. <laughs> it's the best there's ever been. <laughs> <laughs> I just look at my service and go, yeah, that's going to sound good. <laughs> oh, shoot. And then Ralphie's father, the old man, comes home shouting with excitement after being accosted by their neighbors, the Bumpus's hounds. He tells everyone that he has great news. He just won a grand prize in a local magazine sweepstakes. It's a major award. It might be a bowling alley, <laughs> but they'll find out what it is <laughs> when it arrives that evening. Oh, and really, would a bowling alley be a major award? I mean, why? <laughs> yeah, that'd be a great award. Are you are you kidding me? <clears throat> You're telling me that you would be excited if somebody hands you a deed to a bowling alley? Be like, here you go, go bowl. I don't even like bowling, I would but I'd sell go. that thing go every day. so fast. You know what's buying a bowling alley in COVID? <sighs> it's not for me. I turned it into my church, bowling church. Hey, so is was that Bowling the... for Bibles. You have to roll a strike in order to get your Bible. Randy's eating like a pig and laughing like a maniac. I love his laugh. <laughs> This kid has issues. Ever. This kid has issues. Like, no, I just, he didn't. Like, this kid I, was adorable. Just look at this kid, and I'm like, something's wrong with this kid. Yeah, he's too adorable. No, he's not adorable at all. It's like disturbing. It's like. <clears throat> and how about his? The the how about his mom saying all the mom things too? There's starving people in China. <laughs> See, I always hated that because. Even from a young age, I remember thinking whenever my mom or dad would say there's starving people in China or my grandma, I always wanted to look at them and go, okay, well, then send it to them. <laughs> but you can't because it'll be rotten by the time it gets there. It's about compassion. It's not about Whether I eat this food or not does not matter. The starving children cannot eat it. There is no way in this world that we can get this food to those kids and it still be edible. It's about appreciating your food. It's not about whether or not it can get mailed there in time. Clearly, you did not learn the lesson. You know, they think that the uh, clean your plate rule is one of the leading causes of uh, obesity in adults because we never learned to stop eating when we got full. <laughs> I we believe it. <laughs> my parents made me eat everything on my plate. Like, we could well, never that's get what up. <laughs> and I was like, it's like, it would be better. And now I'm always like halfway feeling guilty when I don't eat everything and it's like but I'm full like I don't need any more food like I right. shouldn't just gorge myself I don't make my son eat all his food if he's done eating he's hungry it's not hungry let him go anyways 
large crate or, or the knock on the doorbell after dinner. Large crate is wheeled into the house labeled Fragile. Fragile. So it must be Italian. Inside the box is a major award. <laughs> a lamp designed to look like a life-sized woman's leg, complete with fishnet stockings and a shade that looks like a skirt. This is why I wouldn't allow to watch old, this movie. The old man calls it art, and Ralphie agrees as his little hand slowly goes up the he leg. He was loving until life. His mother snaps at him to stop. <laughs> How old is this kid this supposed is- to be? He's nine, but that's the point. He's so innocent. I did convince my wife to finally let me buy a uh, movie-quality replica of the leg lamp and put it in our window at Christmas time. Really? Yes, and I'm going to do it. Shame on you if you do that. Your my son, your son this... can't grow up with a leg lamp in, in the front of his uh, he, he house. He will know what it's from. It's a piece of plastic. It's What is sexual, what is sexual about a woman... It's disembodied leg. Who looks at just a leg and go, mm, "Look at that leg." I'm sure there's. I'm gonna go. Fi- I'm gonna go. Fi- I'm gonna go fondle the decap a little bit. You know me. That's me. My new character for the show, Jerry the kneecap lover. <laughs> but see, it's not the kneecap. It's where the J-E-R- leg ends in the R I E. I'm Jerry. Your kneecap. I'm worried about your son. I'm not. But but my favorite part is if you listen to the narration, it immediately shifts from his dad's prize to uh, the plural. He goes, "I can't believe mom was trying to get between us and the lamp," and so <laughs> he's he's immediately on his dad's side. He's <laughs> he's like, <sighs> I'm like okay, that's pretty good. But the old man loves it. Ralphie's mother hates it. But uh, Mr. Barker places the lamp in the front window for the whole neighborhood to see. The only thing that can tear Ralphie away from this beautiful piece of art was his favorite radio show, Little Orphan Annie. (laughs) (laughs) The next day at school, Ralphie hands in his paper and has a daydream about giving the best grade in the class. He's brought out of it by his teacher telling him to sit down. After school, Ralphie and his friends are chased home by Farkas and Grover again. When Ralphie gets home, his attention is pulled away from the BB gun and the lamp with the newest distraction, his little orphan Annie secret society secret. Oh man, this name is ridiculous. His little orphan Annie secret society secret decoder pen. And he listens to this encrypted message at the end of the radio show, goes to his bathroom and begins to use this pen to decrypt the message. And he finds out that it's just an ad for him to drink more Ovaltine. (laughs) And again, the subtext of this is amazing because you literally see a piece of his childhood die. Yep. You're so excited. This is going to be so cool. I I did all this stuff. I went and drank all this Ovaltine and saved up the box tops and I sent it in and I'm going to get this. It's going to be awesome. Only to find out that all your hard work was just another ad for Ovaltine. Unfortunately, wisdom is often gained through disappointment. And we see his innocence leave a little bit as Ralphie swears under his breath before casually leaving the bathroom. I'm going to uh, say that this, you basically, this movie you just teaches look at it you that growing up, you should, 
you know, swearing is part of growing up, right? Becoming. But it is. I would agree with that. What? I'm not saying. I'm not saying that it's right. But I remember being. 10, 13, 14 years old, walking around with my friends saying bad words, thinking I'm all edgy and cool. <laughs> did did you swear as a kid, Luke? <laughs> no. Of course not, because then the fairies wouldn't let me go into Valhalla. <laughs> what, what is, I don't even understand what's attractive about swearing. Like, I don't feel like I was ever, like, tempted to it, because it's like, what, I mean, why is that cool? It was just part of growing up in the public school system. You were I mean, probably Scott, the one who was in my childhood trying to get me to swear in the church camp someplace under the art shack or something. Hey, Luke. Yeah, I, w- I, I never this, ever did that. You should say this dirty word. <laughs> All the cool kids are doing it. Later that night, the furnace blows black smoke into the kitchen, and the old man <clears> rushes <throat> down to do battle once again. Then the mother calmly strolls into the living room with a watering can before a loud crash is heard. Ralphie watches his father as he rushes up the stairs and finds his wife holding the shattered remains of his leg lamp. It was on purpose. They get into an argument. So do you think... He admits that it was an accident. But Mr. Parker says she did it on purpose. She was jealous that he won it. Then she responds, that is the ugliest lamp I have ever seen. And then the old man goes, go get the glue. (laughs) The mom goes, we don't have any glue. And the dad goes, you used up all the glue on purpose. (laughs) I love this scene because I have been in irrational arguments with my wife that are very similar to this. Where something happens, and I'm just convinced she did it on purpose to hurt you. Mm-hmm. Yep, she used up all the glue on purpose. And the best line of the entire movie is in this scene because have you ever gotten so mad that the only thing you can say to the person you're mad at is not a finger? <laughs> no, I haven't. But that is the, my favorite thing in the whole world because he's like. As dad went out to try to repair the lamp, the only thing he could say to mom was, not a finger. Why? I don't know. He's mad, (laughs) but it cracks me up every time I hear it. Not like a finger would have broken it more. So do you think she was lying? Not a finger! Do you think she broke it on purpose? Absolutely, she broke it on purpose. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I would have said no. Listen, my wife, uh, when we moved, I found my favorite t-shirt behind the washing machine. Is it hideous? Um, it is a sleeveless t-shirt with arrows pointing to my arms that says Dad's Gun Show. <laughs> and you think Kelsey uh, maybe threw it behind there uh, intentionally? She said it was an accident. I would have thrown it behind not there. A finger. <laughs> I, 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 I guarantee you that this wife broke this leg lamp and Kelsey intentionally threw my Dad's Gun Show <laughs> shirt behind the washing machine. What? Yeah. Why do you ascribe such uh, wicked motives? Because it was the only article of clothing behind the washing machine. If there were a couple of socks back there, or another shirt, I, I okay, yeah, maybe she, she was a little overzealous taking things out of the dryer. But the only article of clothing was my favorite shirt? Do you, um, do you still wear it? 
yeah, every chance I get, and I wear it in front of her. Don't you think I make that sure maybe it's like you her, shouldn't wear like, it if she I, no, detests I, I, it? No, I wear it. I wear it whenever she has a day off, just so she has to look at it all day. <laughs> if it was plastic, she would have had to like beat that thing over the table to get it to break. Yeah, would have had to be ceramic for it to break like that. I, yeah, it and he says it was plastic. Yeah, it couldn't have happened just by accident. She probably mm. put it on the ground, and stomped on it. Um. Now, I, Mr. The old man did try to fix this lamp, but it it quickly falls apart <laughs> to his wife's amusement, and he musters all the dignity that he can. Next day at school. Oh, the dad buries it in the backyard, and taps were playing. <laughs> Very respectful. At school, the students are bringing in apples and small gifts for their teacher for Christmas, and Ralphie hands her a fruit basket that looks reminiscent to the Chiquita Banana Girl's hat. <laughs> hoping that his amazing gift would persuade her to, to give him the, the A that he needs in order to get this gun. Does a little winking. Little wink, little nod. That evening, the fam. That evening, the family goes out to pick out a Christmas tree, and his dad is shrewder when he trades than it. <laughs> I don't even know if I can say this anymore. The dad is shrewder <laughs> when he trades than an Arab. <laughs> than an Arab at a Middle Eastern marketplace. <laughs> he gets a guy to knock off ten dollars and. Throw it up on the roof and toss it to broke for free. Uh, but on the way home, a tire blew. Now, Ralphie's dad likes changing tires because he wants to be timed so he can go out and pretend that he's in the Indianapolis 500. Again, the things that bring father's joy. Changing a tire, just a moment of peace by myself. <laughs> Outside of the car as my family are screaming Christmas carols at the top of their lungs. I wonder I don't relate to this movie like you. You know, you you you're like, oh, this is so uh, this is so accurate to the the human experience. To me, I'm like watching this. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> it, you'll it'll well, yeah. You didn't have the childhood. And you're not a father. I think once you have a kid for a few years and then go back and watch this, you're gonna relate to it a lot more. I hope not. And so uh, he goes out to change his tire, and his mom suggests for the first time that Ralphie goes out and helps his dad. Ralphie's happy to do so. He gets a little hubcap, turns it upside down, and collects the bolts. Just one by one. But then his dad makes a sudden movement that tosses the hubcap in the air and the bolts go flying. And Ralphie goes, oh, fudge. Except he didn't say fudge. He said it. The big one. The mother of all dirty words. The F dash 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 words. His dad asks him, what'd you say? Ralphie goes, oh. Uh, that's what I thought. Back in the car. <laughs> so, uh, fast forward, Ralphie's in the bathroom with like half a bar of soap in his mouth. <laughs> Luke, have you ever had your mouth washed out with soap? Sure have. Okay. Although it was, it was always uh, liquid soap. It wasn't um, the bar Ooh. of soap. But we yeah. got it. We got it for saying so. For a time in my house, the word "stupid" was banned, and then yep. it was like uh, there was. I mean, just if we said anything nasty, or if we back talked, sometimes we get it. I don't think that's we were too. I, that's. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. 
We weren't too bad at like just saying like bad words, but back talking was typically why we got it. Yeah. Yeah. It was soap for a little while, but then for some reason my stepmom started using vinegar. That was the good. Yeah. Like yeah, a spoonful of a spoonful of vinegar. But here's the thing. I love vinegar. Okay. I could have done I that. Love it. I love salt and vinegar chips. Taking a shot of vinegar was like a little treat, but I was pretending like it was terrible. That way, she never went back to soap. I was like, ugh! Like licking the vinegar off my lips as I walk away. Sometimes you started cussing on purpose then, just so you get a little shot of vinegar. Yeah. So Ralphie's mom asks uh, Ralphie where he heard that word. Now, Ralphie admits to us, as a narrator, that he hears it. From his his dad all the time that he paints with that word like an artist paints with or he he uses that word like an artist uses uh, paint, but he's not gonna he can't rat out his dad so he blurts out Schwartz <laughs> <laughs> again scumbag friends what the crap no no Listen, no you don't understand <laughs> the friends yeah I the mean, friends probably need to be in trouble anyway for something. And the friends, listen. The friends, if they have to, they're gonna they're gonna blame Ralphie on you know. It's all a part of staying out of trouble with the parents. Listen, you don't you don't. Why don't you blame some kid? You why you blame some kid you hate? Because then they they'll know they're not the ones you hang out with all the time. You got it. Has to be realistic. All right, like Ralphie. There's there and there's a rule too. You don't rat your friends out to teachers. Because then your parents won't find out about it. You don't want your parents to find out. Your parents finding out, that's the worst thing that can happen. But if your parents already know, well, if I can shift my mom's ire onto another kid, just a little bit of that ire, I'm going to do it. How is that not throwing your friends under the bus? Yes, it is. It 100% is. It is. And that's why why nine-year-olds shouldn't be baptized. They haven't reached the age of accountability yet. (laughs) The bro code stipulates that you cannot throw your friends under the bus to a teacher or to their parents. Listen, but that's the thing. We're we're not – you can't invoke bro code on the prepubescent. But it's essentially the same. No, it's not. I feel like it. It it, it was in my. Uh, it's my a group. different code for little boys. Instead of, it, it's more of you know. I'll you take a bullet for me this time. I'll take a bullet for you yeah. next time. I mean, you're making. I tell you what. On the walk to school the next morning, you're making that right. Things are going to be fine. There's not going to be any problems yeah. there. Hey, sorry about that. But then again, one of my favorite things is the phone conversation. Uh, hi there, Mrs. Schwartz. Do you know what my son just said? No, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Do you know where she would have heard that from? Uh, your husband? No, your son. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> and then you just hear, what I do, mom? What I do? <laughs> yeah, now the thing is, is the fringe, you're going to have to make up a little bit for that. Because that boy took a beating. But let me tell you what happens the next morning going to, going to school. They talk about how bad it got. He talks about how bad the beating was, how bad his mom was, at mad his mom was. And then they just have a good laugh about it. Yeah, but you also have to kind of, you have to overplay your punishment. Oh, yeah. You have to be like, you don't, you understand, man. Oh, you don't understand. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's, so, that's the thing. When Ralphie finds out that he got a beating like that. I mean, he's got to turn around and tell his buddy that he got shot with a BB gun. 
<laughs> my favorite thing is is I've had one or two, uh, I, I I don't know what you would call them, kamikaze beatings, where you don't really know what you did, but you just are getting beat. <laughs> you ever had one of those? Scott? Oh yes. <laughs> Bear just walks in the room, starts beating you. You're like what? What? <laughs> Sometimes it was like, well, the other two's getting one. I figured you'd be next at some point. Just, I, you gotta wait until they get it out of their system before they tell you. I didn't do that. Oh, sorry about that, bud. Yeah. And then, it, and then that makes it all better. Hey, uh, just stay in your room. Um, oh. After the soap, Ralphie's sent to bed early, and poor Ralphie cries himself to sleep and fantasizes about visiting his parents years into the future, only to reveal that he got soap poisoning and it made him blind. <laughs> the guy that plays the dad is amazing in this movie. Yeah. Because he really knows what his role is. Because he's playing, yeah, that, that stern dad, but he's also knowing when the child imagination comes into play. Because he just gets down on his knees and, Tell us, Ralph, what brought you to this lowly state? It was soap poisoning. Oh, my boy! I'll never forgive myself, my boy! <laughs> oh, shoot. Alfie uh, doesn't get any taller in the future, evidently. He is a good actor. I will, I, will, I will give you that. Oh, everyone in this movie is a good actor. Even the kids are good actors. Like When I Alfie hate... gets hit by a snowball, I felt that. Like, I hate the all the kids. down his face. Every kid no, I think except... what they did in order to get these reactions of these kids was actually do the things that they're <laughs> reacting to to them. I am 100% sure that poor Peter Billingsley <laughs> walked on the set only to have some director's assistant hurl an ice ball at his face as hard as he could. <laughs> That'll make it real. Uh, but at school, Ralphie's handed back his paper. It's a C plus with the phrase, you'll shoot your eye out, written on the bottom. <laughs> He imagines his teacher clad in a witch's outfit laughing at him next to his harlequin mother, who must have surely gotten to her. That's the only explanation. Ralphie spends the rest of the day in class feeling depressed and hopeless that he'll never get the Ryder BB gun. On the way home, Ralphie walks alone and is suddenly hit in the face with a snowball. He takes his glasses off to see Scut Furcus and Grover Dill approaching him. Ralphie tears up until Scut starts to mock him and laugh, something that causes Ralphie and all his disappointment and anguish to snap and charge angrily at Scut, tackling to the ground and just beating the living snot out of him. I have never been more satisfied watching a child getting the crap kicked out of them than in this movie. <laughs> that's because what? that's because of your repressed uh, bullying issues. Yeah. See, well, I, I, I mean, come. Alfie's such a turd this whole movie that like what? I, I, yes he is. He's, he's such a, a turd. Kid. He's such a turd that he's like I was like I kind of wish the bully would turn around and beat him up because Scott never does anything uh, to to them. Oh, I mean, except he just for scares you know, them. constantly physically assaulting them and chasing them and mocking them. Yeah, he doesn't do anything. He doesn't really do anything to them. So I was kind of hoping Alfie would get beat up. Hey, no, get, that Scott deserved this. And I, you've never been in a fight, have you? Uh, like, only with uh, my brothers. Okay. There's something cathartic about punching someone in the face 
<laughs> that you can only feel as a kid. Because if you do it as an adult, you go to jail for assault. But that first fight, when you just kind of have enough of the bully, and you just grab your math book and smash him in his stupid nose hard enough that it bleeds on the school bus when the bus driver wasn't looking. Oh, it just feels good. You were you were the bully though. I mean, no, I wasn't. Not in not in middle school. Hey, could you imagine for just a second if I'd have been if I'd have been Ralphie, and I dropped the f bomb in front of my dad one night, and then the next night I just whip a dog snot out of some kid to where my mom's got to come and pull me off of him. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to reform school. They, yeah, really. <laughs> I, I don't, but, but I dis I disagree. As a matter of fact, it was this scene that. I realize why I love this movie so much. It's the relationship between the kid and his parents that you see. As a parent, I'm watching this. All right? I know that someday my son's going to have a bully. And I know as much as I want to hurt somebody that hurts my kid, I'm not going to be able to. Because that's something that you got to deal with. you got to deal with your bullies. Yeah. I'm just saying. And it's going to suck. But the day my kid comes home with a black eye, but at the same time, I'm like, what, what happened here? And he goes, well, you know... John, whatever, that guy that's been picking on me, he's got more than a black eye. I'm not going to punish him. I'm really not. I'm going to pull him to the side and say, look, you, that's not the best way to handle things, but... Good job. That's in front of Kelsey. I'm like, son, listen, you're not supposed to punch people. You're grounded for two weeks. I'll be winking at him the whole time, just like, Shh, I got to do this for your mom. We'll talk for, for real later. Uh, I'm very disappointed in you. I love you so much. Uh, you should never do that keep doing it it's awesome uh it's never good to fight he deserved it how bad you hurt him um go to your room and just just hang out here's my phone and 20 bucks go to amazon <laughs> buy yourself a present all i know like, is for me the home the pretty pretty town home for wayward boys at that time in my life it would have been more than a threat <laughs> i would have been in a vehicle on my way <laughs> but but you're, even if the kid that you beat up, your parents knew was constantly hounding you day in and day out. Oh yeah, I, I really you think were just so. Sticking up for yourself, I'm getting shipped off. But it wasn't. But wasn't it that? <laughs> yeah, I get that. Zach, those two incidents back to back. I'm getting look great. I'm getting but, a but, new mommy and daddy. <laughs> but wasn't there a moment that uh, that you had in your childhood where one parent you were sure wait till your dad gets home. One parent says that, and you're just cringing, like, oh, my, she's, my dad's going to find out. I'm going to be punished. It's going to be terrible. And then dad walks in, and your mom covers for you. You never had a moment like that where? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. I can't think and of we, one. We didn't wait for dad to come home. I just got my beaten there, and then another one in 10 more <laughs> yeah. minutes. <laughs> Okay, well, I, I, I love this relationship between Ralphie and his mom. It's Derek. a good relationship. So you, um, during the fight, Grover runs off and says, I'm going to go tell your dad, or tell my dad. What are you going to do to tell him, Grover? You've been picking on people? <laughs> Tossing hammer locks parents never think kids. that their kids are bullies, though, you know? And then, and then this, yeah, Randy can get annoying at times, but that, that moment where he, looking like that tick ready to pop, bends down in the snow and... Gently picks up Ralphie's glasses and puts them in his pocket for going to go get his mom. That I mean, it's just like a good brother moment too. I hate I hate Randy. Randy is a terrible character. 
Um, can I just say that he beats on he beats on Scut for like five minutes? Like this kid would have like permanent brain damage. The kid <laughs> <deserved> it. <laughs> I mean, it's no, like I was I like, okay, it's no, gonna stop. It's listen, gonna this stop. Is the, this is the 40s, he just continues right? to beat him, and then there's all these witnesses, these children who clearly don't care that uh, this guy is gonna be a vegetable for the rest of his life. Hey, this is like, because they he beat all them too. Yeah, it's the neighborhood bully. Nobody cares. They're probably tossing them rocks and pitchforks. Use this! Hey, um, but you're right, because they didn't have to go, like, across Ralphie, the street to get Ralphie's mom. I mean, it was... <laughs> how he was so, still conscious yeah, is a good question. Randy goes against Ralphie's mom because he's a little kid. I mean... I hate Randy. Randy's the worst. Randy goes against, against Ralphie's mom. Ralphie is, is just wailing on this kid, finishing a rant of... Uh, Cuss words that the movie cleverly describes as just, and uh, she pulls a distraught Ralphie off a of scut and helps Ralphie walk home. Scut is left to pick himself up. He's got a bloody nose. Ralphie is inconsolable, and his mom calms him down and puts him de- to bed uh, for dinner. Meanwhile, Randy is hidden in the kitchen cupboard, crying that Daddy's going to kill Ralphie. <laughs> um, <laughs> again, I've had moments like that where. You've hid underneath sure the sink. Something... No, but like, I, like I knew my sister did something wrong, and and she was in that situation where I'll oh, just wait till your dad gets home. Where I just had a pit in my stomach, like oh, that's it for my sister. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, but the mom is sympathetic and downplays the flight or the fight to to the old man, giving. Uh, the grateful Ralphie a reprieve. Ralphie goes to sleep that night. Uh, the Scott or the Scut Farkas affair behind him, and he decides the best way to receive his BB guns ask Santa himself. The next night, Christmas Eve, the family goes down to watch the Christmas parade. Ralphie could care less about this parade. He just wants to get to Santa. And as soon as that's another thing that I like. Uh, the dad, Ralphie's complaining, I don't want to do this. And the dad sitting there smiling, just turns to his kid, and goes, "Shut up, Ralphie!" and goes right back to smiling. <laughs> that's fatherhood in a nutshell Luke I'm dead serious where you could just sit there your kids just annoy and you're just like shut up Joseph just go right back to what you're doing you're not really mad you just want him to shut up um, see and that's and that's it's really it's really an old school family too because dad's going to work mom's at home she's taking care of the kids she's fixing all the meals taking care of the house you know now our wives are working we got to help each other take care of the kids, babysitters. It's way different than it was then for, for Ralphie. So, uh, Randy and Ralphie are, and this is another thing that can't happen today. In the mall, they, Ralphie, nine years old, take Randy's hand and go get in line. We're going to go do other things. Just stand in line for Santa by yourself. And uh, so they go at the end of this really long line. And then there's this kid who is just known as the Goggles Kid. Who I wrote in my notes, this kid had to have been homeschooled. <laughs> yeah, look, that's the if Randy wasn't homeschooled, he's like completely awkward. And Randy just... is a kindergartner. Every kindergartner is awkward and weird and annoying. No, not like that kid. Okay, glasses I, kid. I glasses like kid in the line at is at least as normal as Randy. You need to rewatch this movie at normal speed because something in the speed sped up version made Randy come across something that he was not. No, Anyways, n- nobody this, likes this Randy. kid with goggles is just sitting there going, I like the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I like Santa. I like the Tin Man. 
and Ralphie's just like, okay, <laughs> buddy. Uh, they finally make it to the top. Goggles sits on Santa's lap, just freaks out. And then he's put on the slide. Off he goes. Randy does the same thing. And then what happens is this really cool camera trick where you see what's going on from Randy's vantage point. He picks him up and you turn around and you see this terrifying, intimidation, red-nosed Santa. Like, what do you want for Christmas? (laughs) You understand why these kids are freaking out. (laughs) I cried a little bit. (laughs) And so... Ralphie can't say anything because he's in shock. And Santa's like, hey, you want a football? Ralphie's like, yeah, football. Football? What's a football? (laughs) And then uh, (laughs) they put him on the slide, but then Ralphie just jams his foot in there. Turns around and says, no, no. I want a BB gun. I want a Red Ryder. (laughs) I don't have it written down. I can't remember it. Whatever. Uh, And Santa just repeats. Uh, Ralphie's biggest fear. You'll shoot your eye out as he puts his boot on Ralphie's forehead and pushes him down the slide. <laughs> Kids go to bed. Oh, shit. Um, that is the worst Santa and Santa's helpers in the history of Santa and Santa's Listen, helpers. I'm pretty sure that was every mall Santa up until like 1996. <laughs> not feeling the... Ho, not- ho, ho. <laughs> Hurry up, kid. The mall's getting ready to close. (laughs) Next morning, Ralphie wakes up to see fresh snow falling overnight. It's Christmas Day. They go downstairs where his brother is just claiming everything on sight. Parents come downstairs. My favorite, again, is the dad. Because you can just tell he wants to go back to bed so bad. (laughs) He's got a horrible headache. Entire morning, he's just sitting there, like, slowly falling asleep, smiling. I've been there the last... Three Christmases, and I'll be there again this Christmas. And then, what time uh, do you get up? Oh, I don't know. Joseph had like five thirty last year, and he was two, and he didn't understand Santa. This year, he does understand him. I can't imagine we're getting too much sleep. Three thirty, four o'clock. My parents uh, would make would make me go back to bed. They're like, "You're not getting up this early." Then they'd send me back to bed. See, my parents got smart. They would um, Santa would bring our stockings. We had rooms in the basement of the house. And Santa would bring our stockings downstairs. So the first thing we'd do when he woke up would be open our stockings. So that would give him an extra 20 minutes, half an hour of sleep. Our parents made us... So we couldn't, like, run and do all the gifts all at once. Like, they made us do them, like, in order, one at a time. Oh, no. And so... And then we'd open them progressively throughout the day. So you don't open them all, like, right in the morning. Like, you open them, like, one at a time, a few hours apart. Your childhood sounds awful. <laughs> What's wrong with uh, opening them progressively? Then all your Oh, yeah, nothing, nothing I like more as a kid, seeing all these presents, and instead of being able to open them up and play with them... It's a good life like, lesson, because then... You it's get, Christmas! You get one gift, and then the excitement, it doesn't all die after you open them all in the morning. Then you have excitement no. all throughout the day. It's Christmas. It's not a day for life less. It's a day for opening presents. Shut up. Gosh, I, I'm so mad at your parents right now. Like, unjustifiably mad, but I'm mad. Um, <laughs> so it's Christmas. Everybody's opening up stuff. Um, after all is said and done, Randy is cuddling a Zeppelin. And Ralphie sits on the couch with his parents, <laughs> and his father asks if he got everything he wanted before pointing out mysterious package behind the desk. Ralphie goes to unwrap it and finds 
what he thought he'd never get. That Red Ryder BB gun. And then his dad's happiness, again, I'm relating to this. Because when Joseph opens that present that I got him, and he's super happy to see it, he's playing with it, the joy you feel as a father is just beyond the pale. It's so awesome. And that he played that perfectly. He's just laughing at him as his son's laughing and playing, and his mom's like, oh, it's dangerous. I got my son a Beretta this year. Can't wait. Oh, that's great. <laughs> You'll shoot. Be a good time. You'll shoot your mom's eye out. <laughs> Ralphie runs outside and sets up his metal target board while his father <laughs> drools over the Christmas turkey that his mother is making. Ralphie takes aim, fires, immediately falls to the ground, a pellet having bounced off the target, hitting him in the cheek, knocking his glasses off. He has a moment that I think we've all had in our childhood where something goes horribly wrong and you think, this is it. This is it. This is where I break all my bones. Or this is where I really do shoot my eye out. But he discovers he's pretty much not hurt. But then he gets up to look for his glasses and accidentally steps on them, breaking them. Again, I, I have terrible vision. I had glasses. I can relate to Ralphie in this moment. There is nothing worse than that sickening crunch that you hear or feel under your foot when your glasses fall off and somebody or yourself steps on them. So Ralphie uh, immediately comes up with a story. Decides that uh, an icicle fell off the garage and knocked his glasses off. And it worked. It worked. It was great. Again, I, I had a flashback to my childhood that one time where you told a fib and you got out of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> At one time, that stupid cockamamie story you made up worked. Teaching uh, kids to lie. <laughs> no, you're not teaching them to lie. They're just showing what childhood is like for 99% of the population that isn't Luke. Like I continue to say, I said it last week, I'll say it this week. Thank goodness you are pretty. So mom takes him to the bathroom, washes his face off, <clears throat> gives him an old pair of glasses to use. Unfortunately, they leave the door into the the, the the kitchen open, and all the Bumpus' bloodhounds just get into the house and run rampant through the kitchen, and they eat all the turkey. Miss Parker chases the dogs out, yelling at the top of his lungs, and you think that he's just going to have a bad day, because he's a turkey connoisseur. This man loves his turkey. But he just says, you know what? Get your coats. We're going out to eat. And again, I related to this. There are times in family tragedies where... I didn't get mad. I thought I was going to get mad, but I didn't. I was just calm, collected, and said, all right, it didn't work out. We got to go do something else. Is that a family I mean, I tragedy? He, losing your Christmas turkey, it's pretty bad. Uh, they decide to go to the Chinese restaurant, the only place in town that's going to be open on Christmas. And here's the tragedy. Where the, the, <laughs> where the family listens to the waiters attempting to sing Christmas carols, which I'm not going to repeat for the sake of political correctness. Uh, before the main really Kunta, you're not going to sing fa ra 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 deck the halls with bows of hurry fa ra 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 hey here's my question why could the owner pronounce his l's because he's been there longer it was just that well practiced when you've been and there so longer, they, uh, you own the restaurant. If you, but if you just move there, you work there. Yeah, have you ever noticed they put the the one person that has the best English in charge of the phones at a restaurant or a Chinese restaurant? Yeah, and sometimes you get sometimes you get one that can actually speak pretty good English, and other times you get ones that 
I don't even want to imagine what the other ones try when they speak English, what they sound like. What in the world did you just say to me? You want, you want number two special today? I, what are you yelling at me? Okay, you want fire with that? I didn't say anything. Okay, yep, that would be 22 and 25. The one, 15 the one, yeah, the one thing I can always I, understand is when they go, okay, 10 minutes. <laughs> Kelsey, I ordered Chinese. No idea what I ordered, but uh, we're good Chinese. Hey, why is it all um, Chinese food only takes 10 minutes to cook? <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> They're efficient. Uh, but the main course is brought out. It's uh, a Chinese turkey. In other words, it's duck a la king with its head still attached. Dad's like, hey, I don't really want my dinner smiling at me, so... The owner casually takes a butcher's knife out of his pocket and chops the head off. It's right in front of everybody. Everybody claps and begins to eat. That night, Ralphie sleeps with his Red Rider close. The best Christmas gift he ever received. Dreaming of hunting ducks and making spectacular shots. From the, the end. All right, Scott... This is a classic movie. It is shown for 24 hours straight on TBS starting Christmas Eve at 8 o'clock, and it runs to Christmas evening at 8 o'clock. I don't know, and I still cannot say this, have I ever sat down and watched this movie in its entirety straight through. I have seen this movie, every episode in it, but I have never watched it in one sitting. <laughs> and even so, this week as I watched it, it was kind of like, hey, it's on here. I'll catch it again the next time. So I haven't watched all of it. But it really it really took me back to a lot of things growing up, uh, the home, the school, the parents. I got really nostalgic. Uh, you know, it's a classic. I'm going to give it a 7.25. Okay. Luke? Let me share my opinion Okay, thank this, you very much, Luke. Of this movie. Uh, I thought that this movie was... Um... <laughs> Go ahead. This movie's supposedly a classic. I guess it was never a classic to me. And then I watched it a few moments ago, and I decided that it wasn't ever going to be a classic to me. <laughs> um, I hate all Luke. the characters. <laughs> Let me let me calm down. <laughs> and I decided it was never going to be a classic for me. <laughs> all right, I got it together. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, I hate all the characters except Scut. No, I'm not even. I'm not even like just saying this to be. Yep. <laughs> abrasive or whatever. Yep. Uh, Ralphie, I he just annoys me. He's a turd. His brother is challenged. His dad, his mother and father are like just completely dysfunctional. Although I, I mean, I think the father's character is funny, even though he reminds me of Bill Belichick who coaches for the Patriots. But um, his, his father, it's like a dysfunctional marriage, teaches bad morals to little children about who your parents are because parents should be better than that. And <laughs> okay. Um, I can't wait till you have kids and then you just, listen to this episode. I cannot wait. I've never had I've never had any children. And so I imagine in my head that my children would be angels. 
and I, I would be an angel parent and I'm not going to squash that dream until I actually have children. So therefore I'm going to hate on this movie. That's good. That's um, good. Because when you do reality will set in. Cling cling to that hope, Luke. Cling to that hope. You're gonna find out that parenthood is nothing but an ad for Ovaltine. The 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 friends bro code is right. They're all scumbags, and I hate them all. And I hope they get coal for Christmas. Hey, that bro code, by the way, is perfectly acceptable when you're nine. When you're fifteen, not so much. Uh, I wasn't aware. Probably because I never went to elementary school. I was deprived of that experience and grew up only with my brothers. So throwing my classmates under the bus would be throwing my brothers under the bus. And that was kind of hard because you lived in the same house and you could be caught to be a liar pretty easily. But um, not if you were smart. So, uh, you know, felt like it was uh, mediocre. There's lots of swearing. There's not a lot of swearing. Lots of terrible influences. Oh my goodness! Um, then, then there was that leg lamp, which I was just—you uh, <laughs> were just what? Just all kinds of just all kinds of lustful thoughts were. In, I'm were sorry that that leg lamp flamed in my video. mind watching it. Hold on a second. So I'm you, gonna you have lusted. To... I, I feel like you lusting after the leg lamp is a personal problem, not something you should take out on the movie. That's the movie's fault, and. Um, so I'm just going to give it a, I think I'm just going to give it like a three. And yeah, I don't think it can be redeemed. Thank I'd you, Luke. Wa- okay. I'd rather watch The Borrowed Christmas, I think, than this. Seriously? You're an are, absolute idiot. Are you being serious with no, that? Really? No, I'm not serious. I would oh. actually rather watch this movie. Okay. But, um, okay. <laughs> Okay. I'm gonna I'm First gonna give all, it a three. I thought I thought it was it was meh. It was pretty meh. All right, let me let me straighten some things out <laughs> because right now, somebody listening to this is gonna be like, "Oh man, this movie's on par with some R-rated nastiness." It there are a grand total of five swear words in this movie. They are a secular family, not Christian. They never take God's name in vain. One time, justify um, your sins. I'm not justifying anything. It's a good movie. It takes you back to childhood if you had a normal, non-Jonestown-esque childhood. All right? Jonestown-esque? The only thing the only thing Luke's childhood was missing was drinking the Flavor-Aid. Whew. It wasn't Kool-Aid. It was Flavor-Aid. That whole idea of getting um, your parents on here, Luke, I think we now need to scratch it. <laughs> I'm telling Diane what you said. She's not going to let me about- hang out with you anymore. Can you think about another movie that you can put on pretty much all Christmas and nobody says, hey, turn that off, or I've seen it enough, or whatever? Yeah, it's background noise, but nobody gets annoyed with it because 90% of the people in this world love this movie for a reason. What? I would want to turn this movie off. I love this movie. It's my favorite Christmas movie. It will always be my favorite Christmas movie. What? I don't have any problems with it. What? It's wonderful. 9. Of 5. all the nope. Christmas Nine, movies? I'm giving it a perfect 10. Perfect of 10. all perfect the Christmas 10. movies? Perfect, perfect You're going to say this one is your favorite? Perfect 10. You can it say is, that. It's, I mean, no, it's wanna... leaps and bounds better. It is leaps and bounds better than the Ten Commandments boring nastiness. Uh, it was more wholesome than that because there weren't scantily clad women jumping around every five seconds. Uh, <laughs> there was a stocking clad leg. 
for our listening audience, you can probably tell that Zach's just enraged by my low score and he's now exaggerating the goodness of this movie to make you to make himself feel better about the rating that it's going to get. No, I'm not. Just I wrote down your... 9.5 and I changed it at the last minute to a 10. Scott, what is the final score? Final score is 6.75. That's pretty close there to 666. It's not. If we round up here, it is a 7. Okie dokie. Next week, Luke, pay attention. Luke, next week. <laughs> hey, we are <laughs> He's watching her. our final Christmas movie of the year. Luke's actually it's ready for next week. Life. I'm already ready. Play. I'm going to write a comment at the bottom of this that says so much better than next year and the Christmas year after that, I'm shaking story. the dust of this crummy little town off my feet and I'm going to see the world and uh, Jimmy Stewart sounds so much like Jimmy Stewart it makes me happy that's racist oh there's drinking in here drinking in here Scott they're drinking water I wish I was up there with them oh crap it's me George Bailey You want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw I'll get you the moon! Oh, I'm gonna lasso that moon. Mr. Gower. I wish I had a million dollars. Boy, that's a passionate kiss. It's a lot of snogging. He, I mean, it's not quite as good as Charlton Heston's kissing, but... That's how I kiss my wife every morning before she leaves. Holy I'm psychotic. I'm in trouble, Mr. Potter. At exactly 10.45 p.m. Earth time, that man will be thinking seriously of throwing away God's greatest gift. I really wish we'd get a snowstorm like that. Jesus? He's going to throw away Jesus? What? He said he was going to throw away God's greatest gift. He's going to throw away Jesus? I don't want any I'm going to do it. Just you watch me. And I don't want to get married ever to anyone. You understand that? I want to do what I want. Oh, music Mr. Potter's just a mean old man. Lionel tells me this Zach. was not That's the original you. score <laughs> to this movie. Zach, Zach is Mr. Potter, if I ever knew a Mr. Potter. And he looks like Barter mixed with Dick Cheney. Hey, is, is Lionel Barrymore Drew Mary, Barrymore's dad? Or like grandfather, maybe? I don't An RKO radio release starring me and Jimmy Stewart. It's going to be great. I love this Something movie. tells me that that was not the original soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's our show. For Ronda Righteous, I'm Zach Geiler. I'm Scott Judge. I'm Scott Farkins. <laughs> he doesn't even know the name. It's Scott Farkas. <laughs> I'm Scott. Uh, you sounded like you were from Tombstone right there. I'm Scott Ferkins. Fark, what is it? Farkas? Scott Farkas? It's Scott, right? Scott Ferkins? Yeah, it is Scott Farkas, not Scott Ferkins. Farkas. Farkas. Scott Farkas. All right, I'm just going to do it by myself. Okay, that's our show for Rotten Righteous. I'm Zach Geiler, signing off for Luke Taylor and Scott Luke Taylor. Judge. Scott Judge. Scott Farkins. <laughs> Scott Farkins. Uh, 
please remember to say your prayers and obey your parents. But real quick before we go, how do you make an octopus laugh? What in the world? This isn't a joke, Scott. But did you hear about the kidnapping at uh, Huntington High School? No. It's okay. You woke up. Kidnapping at Huntington High School. (laughs) Oh, gee. (laughs) Good night, everybody. That's it right there. You don't need to look one up. (laughs) My stupidity on that will just let that joke ride. I'm working on a, another one that uh, is a cheerful version of the Death March. <laughs> really? <laughs> uh huh. It's the it's the it's the classic da 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 da. Except that I I move it up two keys so that it's in a a, a sharp key instead of a flat key to make it cheerful. Holy cow! That's called the Death March. <laughs> It is called, yeah, like Ode to Death or something. I'm not even joking. Isn't that what they do with Darth Vader? Uh, they played off of it, but it's a, <laughs> it's actually a song written by Choplin. <laughs> Holy cow. Years ago. I've been, like, coming that to this lady at church. I didn't realize it was called the Death March. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Um, I'm ready. Hooray. What the f*** are you doing? Are starting? A Lifetime original mini-movie. You don't answer my proposal, and now you're not answering my call. I think I'm falling for the new chef. <laughs> Jessica is falling for Harlan. The cook? The cook? Leave Jessica alone. Oh, Let's man. He has a secret recipe that's yeah, going to change the world. Recipe. Harlan claims to have some secret recipe. A secret, a secret recipe? recipe? Spare me. We all have that guy reminds me of Luke. Spare me. Why is there some guy laying on the steps? Any more long weekends in your future. Because <laughs> it's a lifetime movie. We have a problem. Secrets out <laughs> chicken. I'll take care of this. Is this serious? Secrets out chicken man. Who the f*** you? Harlan Sanders, the new chef. Mario Lopez is Colonel Sanders. What? A recipe for seduction what? premieres December 13th what? at noon, only on Lifetime. Presented oh, by Kentucky Fried is, Chicken. Is this serious? Oh yeah, there's going to be a 15 minute long movie, and it's going to be fantastic. Hey Scott. Yes, Zach. Do, do you know why the dog was shaking? Uh, no, I don't. He had Parkinson's. <laughs> you, can't, you, you can't put that on this show. That's terrible. <laughs> I will use that tonight, though. <laughs>